0: Hello friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast and our journey through the Bible in 2023. Today, we are dropping an anchor in the book of Leviticus to see what is this book all about. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends. We are in Leviticus. How are you doing? Are you staying with it? This is the book that kills a lot of adventurous Bible enthusiasts that are going to get through the Bible in a year, and then they come to Leviticus. But not you, not us. We're going to stick with it. So let's talk about Leviticus for just a few minutes here today on the podcast. Leviticus, like the other books of the Pentateuch, is written by Moses. He, It was written... When it was written it was a little bit back and forth. Something was written by Moses at Mount Sinai about 1446 B.C. But possibly he wrote it just before his death about 40 years later than that. We're not sure. But the audience of this book was the Levites. It was used, though, throughout all of Israel. But the Levites were given some specific instructions here. And, and if we were just trying to kind of I'm going to sum it up here in just a few minutes, but the reason, if we had to give a quick reason as we're giving some introductory thoughts, is that Moses was providing the Levites with a handbook of sense about God's view of holiness and the standards that they needed to be able to live up to that or to approach God. So the theme for this book is holiness and purification. Now, I used to have a college roommate. When I was a freshman in college... I had a college roommate that was in a class about Leviticus, and I remember him all worked up one day. He came in back to the room so worked up. And they were talking about Leviticus, and the teacher said, "What is the theme of this book?" And he said, "Holiness." And in his words, now this is a junior, probably a college that was worked up, and he said that the teacher said this is not about holiness. Well, if the teacher said that, the teacher's wrong. This book is about holiness and purification key verse in this one. If we were to take a key verse from this book, it would probably be found in Leviticus 20 and verse number 26 when it says, and ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy and have severed you from other people that ye should be mine. And what a beautiful, beautiful verse that is. And so this book is is going to be talking about how do we approach holiness, how do we become holy, and specifically to those Israelites back in this day. You're going to see some key words like law. You're going to hear offering, atonement, holy. You're going to hear the word sacrifice over and over and over again. Now, when we come to this book, you've got to remember where we are. Mankind, we've been journaling through this, but mankind has sinned. There's been the destruction of sin. But God had given in the book of Exodus the law. The law points us to Christ. It points us to a standard. But the thing about the law is it points out a need. We cannot keep those Ten Commandments perfectly. I mean, ask yourself, have you kept the Ten Commandments perfectly? I would say we probably have not. And so the, the law points out our sinfulness and our need for a mediator and need for a sacrifice. And Leviticus is about God showing them how they can have fellowship with Him. Sin hinders fellowship with God. We talk about that now. Sin hinders anything that they do. So God was establishing a way in which they could have fellowship with God and atone for their sins until the Messiah would come. And so as we study throughout this book, you're gonna see several things. You're gonna you're gonna we're gonna talk about the offerings. Let me just briefly give an overview of the offerings that you've been reading about. We have the burnt offerings, and I'm reading from something now. It writes this the burnt offerings are the most common offerings in the scripture. They're voluntary offerings for the Lord, most commonly used for cleansing and purification. They portrayed a complete devotion, and dedication to the life of God. And so burn offerings were, were offered. And there's many details that we could get going on, uh, but I'm just kind of giving an overview. There are the grain offerings. The grain offering is the only offering that doesn't require the shedding of blood. So for some of you that get grossed out by all the killing of animals, you're like, yes. But there was a grain offering which was required on all burnt offerings, but it could also be used as a solo burnt offering for the poor, and it gave them an opportunity to show the Lord how they really felt about Him. It was an opportunity to praise God. There were peace offerings. These were a little bit different. They were used to, for fellowship with God in order to display peace among them, and and they were allowed, and they were a way to offer thanksgiving to God for what He has done for someone. And it displayed a true act of worship and admiration for the Lord. And so one of the times you could come to the tabernacle and you could offer a peace offering. There was the trespass offering. It was a it was a guilt offering. It was conducted when an individual attacked or disrespected another person or their property. If you, They had to make amends between these two. And so there was an extra one-fifth was included on top of the offering. An atonement was given through the shedding of blood and forgiveness between the people. So a trespass offering. And then there was the Sin offering, and it was the first offering that wasn't voluntary. This is one that you had to do. It's required for every single person. Period. It was done in order to make atonement for your sins. It was if if even if there were sins made out of ignorance, you had to do this. It was unintentional sins, sins on purpose. But the sin offering was a picture of Jesus Christ. And what he was going to do to take away our sins. So you had all of these offerings, and these offerings were important to for a sinful man to have fellowship with God. We needed these offerings. Now, then there were the feasts, and I'm going to just kind of quickly go over these feasts. We we had there was seven feasts. There was the Passover and unleavened bread. That, that, that is you're going to be talked about throughout this. You're going to have the Feast of the first fruits. You're going to have the Feast of the Weeks. You're going to have the Day of Atonement. You're going to have the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Booths and and all of these feasts that they would, would take place. Now, we know as we read about this in the New Testament that Jesus Christ, when he came, he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled these feasts. So you don't need to read those and feel like, uh-oh, I need to be getting back to doing this. No, no, no. There are some Jews today that are still doing these because they feel like they need to. They don't, they rejected the Messiah. But the truth is Jesus came and he fulfilled all of this that you're reading. And so part of us sometimes looks at that and says, okay, then why do I even need to read this if Jesus already fulfilled all of this for us? Leviticus is great to show us that God cares about holiness, to the point that he set up all of these offerings, all these sacrifices, these feasts, everything to point his people to say, sin is wicked and I am holy. I want to be in fellowship with you. I created Adam and Eve so that I can be in fellowship with them and they sin. I've given you the law, but you can't keep it. I've given you these offerings so that you can be in fellowship with me. God wants fellowship with us. You say, yes, but I don't have to keep those laws. Yes, but sin still destroys fellowship. And Today, when we sin, we need to be broken over that sin. We need to confess that sin specifically to God, get it right with God, get it right with others if we sin against others and be made right and in fellowship with God. Don't play with sin. God hates sin. God is holy. And Peter wrote, he said, be ye holy as I am holy. God wants us to live a holy life and be in fellowship with him. In the day that we live in that's so wicked, and I think about it, 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 there was a great parallel in here, even in our text, is, is think about God's people was, was going to be going into the land of the Canaanites. God was going to give them that land. These people were wicked, they were pagan, and God wanted his people to be holy. So you're going into a sinful place, but I want you to be holy. It kind of reminds me of today. We live in a wicked, sinful world, but God expects us to be holy. God expects us to hate sin and turn away from sin, And yet we're surrounded by sin. How do we do this? Well, God has made provision in himself to give us victory over the power of sin and over the presence of sin. But we can have fellowship with God today in the midst of this sinful world, just like Israel could in the midst of sinful Egypt, in the midst of sinful Canaanites, God expected holiness. And he said in that key verse that I read, he said, and ye shall be holy unto me. God wants fellowship with you today, listener. I don't know what you feel like you're going through, what's going on in your life, but God wants fellowship with you. And you don't have to go kill an animal to have fellowship, but you do have to humble yourself. You do have to kill that pride and get on your knees and say, God, I am a sinner and I have sinned. Forgive me and get in fellowship with God. Peter said, be holy as I am holy. He wrote about God. And I would hope that as, we, as you read through this book of Leviticus, it is difficult, it is a bit tricky, and, and there's sometimes even as I'm reading it, I'm, I'm feeling my mind start to wander a little bit. But as you read this, there's only like 27 chapters or so, and we'll be through it, but I want you to remember this. God, you wanted your people to be in fellowship with you, just like you want me to be in fellowship with you today. And I would ask you, as you listen to this podcast, to search your heart and say, is there anything right now? Between me and God, is there anything that's keeping me out of fellowship with God? Hey, enjoy Leviticus. We're moving on to numbers soon, but I hope that you're enjoying this. If I can try to answer any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the newsletter, and thank you for being on this journey with me. And maybe you're not on a journey through the Bible. I know some are reading through the New Testament. Others are doing their thing. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But as you listen to the podcast, we're going through the Bible. And I hope that Leviticus, a book that kills many adventurous Bible readers, will remind you that God loves you and He wants fellowship with you. Have a great week.